Now, how many of you are happy today to get into the Word of God again, to enjoy the things of the Spirit? Uh, why don't you take your Bibles and go to a chapter I'm sure that many of you are very familiar with. Some of you maybe could even quote the chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Praise the Lord. Many of you know that one, don't you? Praise God. Well, me and my wife have been having a wonderful time with you over these last few days. I'm looking forward also after the service to meeting some of the prophets and uh, sitting down at the prophetic round table. Amen. I, I figure uh, if, uh, what was his name, King Arthur, if he could have one, we can have one too, right? <laughs> See, the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so, so does one man sharpen another. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we ask today that as we go into your word, that your Holy Spirit would come again and quicken the scriptures, that they would be alive. Now, we thank you, Father God, that we do understand that while we may eat bread and natural food, we don't really live on that. We actually live on your living word. So we ask that today uh, this would be a proceeding word coming straight from heaven from you. And we give you all the praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, now, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's go down to the last verse in that chapter. So we have a 13, 13, another double. Praise God. Okay, and it says, and now abide or now remain faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. I, I actually heard one minister. He was a good minister, but he got up and he tried to still preach why faith is greater than love. I'm like, look, I know faith is important, and this was a, a good word of faith preacher. But, I, you know, you still just have to go with the basics. Love is greater than faith uh, because we know uh, from what also the Apostle Paul said. I'll, I'll just read it to you. You can stay here. But we know from Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, that Paul also said, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. So really, faith is the foundation that, excuse me, love is the foundation that faith springs off of. And if your love walk is not right, then your, your faith is never going to really have the traction that you're looking for. And you can confess and say, I believe, I receive, and you can do all that to your blue in the face. But if something's off with your love walk, it's not going to work. How many of you already know that? That's a good kind of basic elementary understanding in the things of God. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And we know that the greatest of these is love. This is not like a normal love, like, you know, I love ice cream or I like, you know, watching, you know, you know football on television. This is the God kind of love. So in the Greek, it's the word agape. So this is the, the selfless kind of love that lays your life down for the Lord. And also you lay your life down for your brothers and your sisters and others. We understand that, correct? Okay. Now remain faith, hope. Love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Now, what I've noticed is that when you really want to receive a miracle from the Lord, and God's even given you a word, and so you have faith for it because God's either revealed it in the scriptures that this is something that you can possess, such as healing or these other types of blessings, or maybe God speaks something to you more specific because there's a lot of things that aren't in the scriptures. 
like what color carpet to get for your house, right? Or, you, you know, uh, you know what, what kind of food to put in your refrigerator or what kind of refrigerator you might want. So we have a lot of variety in these areas of things that we can believe God for. But maybe God gives you a specific promise that, yes, I'm going to bless you with that and you're going to be able to have this pulled into your life through faith. But it's like, it's like baking a cake. You can have a great recipe, but if you leave one thing out, something's not going to be right. You'll sit down and you'll take a bite into that cake and you'll be like, you know, normally this is good, but I think, I think we're missing something today. Somebody didn't put the baking soda or the salt or something. So we've got to get it right. So oftentimes the missing ingredient is hope. Okay? So I want to talk about hope today. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, we have here the word hope. Uh, in the Greek, it's the word elpis. That's how you pronounce it. But let's just get past the Greek because it's just Greek to me, right? And uh, let's go on to more of a uh, everyday common sense approach to this. Really what hope is, is a divine expectancy that what God told you he would do for you can come to pass, watch this, at any moment. At any moment. Praise the Lord. Because many people are expecting their miracle maybe in the year 2030. See, we, we all get real so funny sometimes in the prophetic circles. I see God really moving in your life. I see that in the year 2032, a great miracle is going to befall your life. Well, you know, um, we've got a little ways to go till then. Hallelujah. But you have to be in the now zone. Can you say now? And I know there's always the prophetic lens of God where it's like getting a pair of binoculars and you can look out there and see things. I, I know Prophet Bob Jones prophesied all the way to the year 2050 and beyond. And I know that the Lord could come back and interrupt all of that, which certainly wouldn't upset me at all should the Lord come sooner. But I do think we need to have a prophetic vision. But I also, with your prophetic grace, don't let it slip past you that faith always has to be in the now. And your faith will not work if you don't have a right love walk, but your faith also will not take off if you don't have hope. And you've got to have hope. And the hope is the thing that says it's happening. And you wake up in the morning and you say, I'm expecting it today. Amen. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, you have to understand the laws of seed time and harvest, that when you sow the seed, it takes time for it to germinate, to sprout, to grow and then develop, and then many years down, many we finally reap the harvest. I understand the laws and the principles of seed time harvest, but also I understand Amos chapter 9, that we are now in a time where really the, the sower is already overtaking the treader of grapes, and you, the, by the time you're sowing your seed, the harvest is already coming in on the last one you sowed, well, you got another harvest, let's sow some more, but wait a minute, now another one's coming in, and it's just, this thing's like overtaking you. This thing's overtaking you. So you really can wake up in the morning with, a, with an attitude of like, you know what, I believe that this thing can go down today, and I, I'm just going to have hope that it will. Praise the Lord. And that, that's the kind of expectancy that God wants you to be experiencing. Can you say yes? Yes. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go over to um, another scripture that helps pull this out today. Let's go to Hebrews. Mm -mm. Hebrews chapter 11. And look at verse 1. Many of you could probably quote this verse, couldn't you? This is another beautiful verse in the Bible. Now, faith is... Now, uh, this is interesting because a lot of scholars have said... 
uh, the word now uh, is more like a conjunction, kind of like the word and, you know, like peanut butter and jelly. It's really meaning the same thing. And sometimes they say the word now uh, is really connecting the previous verse and the previous chapter to this. But, but, but think of it like this. Your faith won't work if it's not now faith. Now, Pastor Stephen, I was in faith four years ago, but I've been discouraged ever since. Well, you're out of faith. You need to get back in faith because if your faith is not now, it's really not relevant. And it's not going to produce for you. So let's, let's just say that that word now is a conjunction. Because some theologians, they get these weird manuscripts that aren't, you know, the ones that are the, that are the prime manuscripts. And they say, well, in this so-and-so manuscript, which, you know, all the liberals lean towards, the word now is not even in it. Well, okay, it, let's just take the word now out. It says faith is. Is that correct? Is is past tense? When is is? It's, pres it's present tense. It's right now. Well, you might as well pop the word right now right back in there because you're still right back in the now. Why? Because faith is, not, not, not was. And not one day in the year 2042 it will be. No, right now faith is. So your faith has to be right now. Okay, so it says here in the Bible that now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, again, you're going to have to have that hope working with your faith. That hope is this supernatural expectancy that God's going to do it. Praise the Lord. And it says in the Weymouth New Testament translation, it says, Now faith is a well-grounded assurance of that for which we hope and a conviction of the reality of things which we do not see. Woo! Praise the Lord. Okay, so there's two kinds of hope. There's a natural hope. And there's a supernatural hope that God can give you because you've got a promise, you've got a scripture, you've got a word from the Lord. Now you attach that expectancy to that. But a natural hope is just, is just thinking that can disappoint a lot of people. There's probably a lot of people in, in, in London today that their natural hope let them down. They thought they were going to win the lottery last night and it didn't happen. And so they're going to go out and buy, a, buy another ticket. See, I, I don't deal with systems like that because God's system is fair. If you work God's principles in His system, it'll work for anybody. It's not some kind of lotto random thing where maybe just a few get it and all the others are left out of the blessing. See, God works on a, on a, different, a different system. And so the lottery disappoints people. Why? Natural hope. You have no guarantee. You have no word from the Lord. Praise the Lord. So there's this natural hope, you know, that sometimes people get uh, certain expectations about things, but they have no guarantee. They're just hoping. They're just hoping maybe they'll be selected. They're hoping maybe they'll get the phone call or something like that, but it doesn't happen. But see, there is a hope from God that is so supernatural that He gives it to you, and you not only believe God is going to do it, you know He's going to do it, and you're in that now moment. It's going to happen today. Mm -mm. Reminds me of the pastor that... Um, that uh, I was in a service when he shared his testimony where uh, he, was, he was in faith for somebody to give him a million dollars and uh, people thought he was silly, but they, they didn't think he was silly when one day his secretary called him and said, uh, Pastor, I think you should come into the office today. You have an envelope with the, with the check in it. He said, how much is the check? She said, it's for a million dollars. But you know what makes it really good is when you cash the check and it goes through. Praise the Lord. So he had a million dollars. Hallelujah. And they didn't think it was funny anymore, but he had, he had like a hope. This God, Somebody's going to give my ministry a million dollars. And that, that's faith with expectancy. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Lord Jesus, we give you praise today because something glorious is going to happen. So there's a supernatural hope. 
That's what God wants you to have. So here's the thing. You're in faith for it. But if I were to ask you, when's it going to happen? And you just say, well, you, you tell me, well, like, well, one day it'll happen. Okay, so you're, you're disconnecting from that main ingredient that you need. I know you have love. I can feel the love in the room. Hallelujah. I know you have faith because your pastor is going to put faith into you. He's going to minister the word of God to you. So I know you've got that too. But you're going to have to have uh, hope. And hope is often a missing ingredient. It's an expectancy that not only is it going to happen, but today is my day. Amen. That call is coming in today. That job that I need is coming through today. And, uh, you know, see, your, your brain works and says, well, how's that going to happen? But you don't need to try to figure it all out. Yeah, because this thing is supernatural and it lifts you above it. It's actually the same hope that God has functioning in you. Mm. Just like Jesus said, have the faith of God. You can have the same faith he has. Now with this hope, you can have this same expectancy, praise the Lord. And I'm telling you, God will make you a miracle. Excuse me, he'll make you a magnet for miracles. And um, uh, Kelly took an unusual picture of me the, of the other day because we're getting ready to go on a trip. And uh, I needed to get my shoes shined, so I uh, go sit in the place where I get my shoes shined, and I'm sitting up there, and I turn next to me on the wall, and there's this little bitty plaque, and it said, I am a magnet for miracles. And I thought, I can't believe they allowed anybody to hang that. It was a very, uh, how can I say, ungodly area of the airport. Uh, you know, sometimes certain cities, they're very anti-God. Well, this was that kind of city, but yet here was this plaque on the wall saying that very thing. And I said, praise the Lord. I said, I don't even know if anybody's ever even seen that picture or that plaque. But I took a picture of it, hallelujah, because God wants you to have that kind of expectancy, that kind of hope that you are a magnet and miracles are coming your way when? When? In 2022? Right now. Right now. Mm. That even while you're sitting here in the meeting, angels are working behind the scenes setting things up for you. And I, I found out that it's true that many years ago what Dr. Oral Roberts said, he said a miracle is either coming to you or going past you every day. And uh, I thought, well, no, that can't be. That's too big of a statement. You know, like a, like a real miracle? Nah, it can't be. But I, I found out that when I started getting real close to the Lord and also having that expectancy that it would come every day. And sometimes it wouldn't be like a grand slam, home run, mega miracle. But these these things would happen where like I'd have an unusual connection because I was prayed up and I was expecting it and, and then something would take place or I would lead somebody to the Lord, they would get saved or something supernatural would happen. But I realized these things are moving every single day mm. and you need to tie into it. Praise the Lord. And you're going to and God's going to do some great things in your life. I believe what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2 is still true, that today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, today. Now say, right now. Lord, we give you praise today because something, something's going to get released in your life. It's time for an upgrade. It's time for God to take you on to the new level. Now, look, this is where the church is in a is kind of like in moving towards right now. Some are a little slow to move with it, but this is what the Lord is doing. We're coming into a new kingly anointing. Mm, mm, mm. You're moving in the spirit, and because of that, some of you are even going to move in the natural. Okay? You're coming into a new kingly anointing, and I have to be honest, there's many in the church that don't, they don't know how to behave in this anointing. 
this is why when Israel had a king for the first time, they, they begged God, Lord, uh, we want a king. Uh, and, and the Lord was like, hey, I'm your king. You, you, don't, you don't need it. And then they're like, no, no, we want a king. We want a king. And God had a plan for them to eventually have a king. They were just jumping the gun and moving too soon. And so they got Saul, who was a very carnal, a very fleshly king. But nevertheless, the Lord's like, okay, you got him. This is your guy. And so the Lord works with Samuel, and Samuel tells the people of Israel, gives like a, a public assembly, and says, now, you got your king. He's taller than anybody else, hidden shoulders above anybody else. He'll, you know, he's super handsome. He, you, you got your guy. Uh, he's a real meathead, but you got your guy. Okay. Uh, but nevertheless, now that we do have a king and we've got this governmental system, he said, now I need to teach you the, what he would call the rules of royalty. You know why? They didn't know how to behave. He said, I need to teach you how to behave. I need to teach you the behavior of royalty. And it actually says that he wrote all of this out in a book and he explained it to the people. Now, what is preaching? Preaching is proclaiming the gospel. But what is teaching? Teaching is explaining the gospel. Why? Because sometimes we just don't understand it. So he stands before the people and he explains to them the ways of royalty. Oh, no, no, hold on, Pastor Stephen. That's just for those over at the Buckingham Palace. No, no, that's for you. Look at the person on your left and say, oh, he's talking to you today. Now look at the person on the right and say, did you know that you're royalty? Does not your Bible, your holy Bible, tell you that he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords? Well, he's the king of kings. Who are the kings? No, that's you. Wow, hallelujah. Mm. One more time, just look to the left and say, you need to start acting like a king, hallelujah. Tell them, pull yourself together. Mm, mm. See, the devil, the devil loves it when you get all frazzled, when you get all out of your anointing and you get all, you get all in the flesh and the last thing you're acting like is a king. You're acting more like a ding-a-ling. You know, you're just like, ah, I don't, you know, uh, as they say, tore up from the floor up, all messed up and all stressed out. And, and, the, and the enemy laughs. He laughs because he knows who you really are. But he's laughing because you're not, you're not in character, in the character of Christ. Trust me, you never see Jesus all messed up, confused and dazed. Oh, I don't know. Well, Peter, you got any solutions? I don't know what we're going to do. Oh, oh, those Pharisees, they about wore me out. Ooh. Ooh, somebody get me a scotch on the rocks. Mm. And don't let them see you bring it to me. Then they're going to give us a real hard time. Mm. Why, well, he's a king. Composure. Composure. And there's a lot of people in church, they, they don't know how to act. But I'm telling you that anointing's coming into the church, and it will literally even change your behavior. I was in a meeting one time in my local area, and um, uh, I, was, I was going to be the preacher. I was going to, like a guest speaker, but before me, you know, they had some praise and worship. And the praise and worship leader, I don't know, maybe he thought he was just his moment. He just took over. You know, some guys really love to put the microphone. And he just kept, uh, he kept singing and singing. And then he got so happy, he just kept talking and talking. And then he, then I, I, I don't know, I, I know he loved the people, but, but sometimes, sometimes people don't know the ways of royalty. He said, I just love y'all so much. He said, I'll prove my love to you. He said, I'll take my shoes off. I'll walk home barefoot. Who wants my shoes? And he pulled off these old stinky old boots. 
wore out and nasty old blood. He, I don't even think he had socks on when he took his boots off. He took off them old dirty boots and held them up. Who wants these boots? I'll give them to you. I'll walk. I'll show you I'm a man of God and I love them. I'll walk home barefoot. We all said, you just walk home. You keep your boots. You just walk. Well, nobody wants them stinky used boots. Mm. Mm. We, we do this stuff in the church. Ooh, hallelujah. Mm. Mm. I, got, I got a phone call one day from a minister. I, I, didn't know, uh, I didn't know what, uh, well, I thought it was going to be a good day. I was believing God for a miracle. Well, God's going to do a miracle. It just came a different way. So uh, uh, a minister calls me, um, uh, Brother Stephen, would you like a fine piece of furniture? Well, uh, well, what, what, what is it? He said, it's a beautiful luxury couch. I said, well, you know, in our living room, I, uh, I wouldn't like to swap out what I've got. I, would, I wouldn't mind doing that. And he said, I'm going to go get some new furniture. And me and my wife just looked at this piece of furniture and said, you know, we need to bless somebody with this. And we thought about you. He said, can you pick it up? I said, yeah, I'll, I'll come over. And I'll, I, at that time, I had a uh, you know, nice pickup truck. So I said, yeah, I'll come over and pick it up. And uh, now this is a word of faith minister. You, you know word of faith minister. Yeah, they dress to the nines, you know, sharp. Mm, Jesus is Lord. Somebody shout amen. And I, I love word of faith. You know, I cut my teeth on word of faith and all of that. So I thought, well, you know, you know this will be something really nice. And so I go over to his place. And he takes me into the living room and says, there it is, brother, be blessed. And I looked at that old busted, tore up couch, and uh, th there was popcorn on it, that uh, uh, spilt butter and stains and grease all, uh, hair all over the, long blonde hair from his wife, I guess her hair was falling out or something, hair all over the couch, and it so caught me off guard, I didn't even know what to do. I just, uh, uh, I said, Brother, God bless you. <laughs> and uh, I loaded it up. I was, I was, I was like dazed. I, I, I couldn't rebuke him. I didn't, I didn't want to. I thought, Lord, is he actually like trying to be cruel to me? Is this a joke? Or I'm just going to go along with it. I loaded it up. And, but he was serious. This was his blessing. So I loaded it up. And uh, Kelly said, uh, she, she saw it and she said, Stephen, what in the world is that piece of junk? I said, I, it's, what, it's what Reverend so-and-so gave me. She said, well, you're not putting that in the house. I said, I know. I said, what are we going to do with it? Uh, she said, let's take it to the, uh, to the Goodwill donation area. You drop things off that, that way somebody impoverished or poor can be blessed. I said, okay, so we'll take it. So at that time, we lived in Long Beach, California, and I took it to the lowest of the lowest level of things that you can give for the poor. So, you know, you know, some of these places are nice. Uh, you know, the secondhand stuff is nice, but I took it to a, like a low, low, low-end spot. And I, I, I pull into the parking lot with that thing sticking out of the back of my truck. And I drive in, I had my window down, and out comes one of the workers. He said, no, you don't. You get that piece of trash out of here. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. He said, you're not bringing that trash in here. We don't take trash like that. Woo. Woo. I said, Lord, that's what the man of God gave me. Mm. You need to raise your expectations for great things from God. Okay, your expectancy, some of you have been a little bit down here. Okay, you need to be up here. Uh, let, let me tell you this, you're worth it. Because mm, you're in Him. 
Mm. So you, you need to say, I'm, go, I'm going higher. Mm -mm. Sometimes what we've called humble has actually been stupidity. Ignorance. Ignorance. Mm. Bump your neighbor and say, I'm going higher. Mm. Mm. We finally sat it out in, in front of our house. And uh, somebody picked it up and finally took it. it uh, usually stuff would be gone in like minutes. It took it like three days. And if somebody finally probably took it, said, let's take it out. They, they took it. But um, thank the Lord. Hallelujah. But see, we need, to, we need to treat the Lord right. He'll treat us right. I was in Atlanta, Georgia ministry one time. And I, I finished ministering and went back to my hotel room. And I turned on the TV. There was a Christian channel. I said, this is nice. I can just relax here in the room and watch a little Christian TV. So it was one of these local pastors in Atlanta. He was preaching, and I could sure relate to him. He said, um, he said that he had a woman, uh, one of his church members, come to him and said, Pastor, I, 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 I'm in a quandary. I, I need to make a decision. I, I, need, I need wisdom. He said, well, what, what, what is it that you are looking for insight for? She goes, well, I believe I have the answer. I just want to make sure. She said, you know, I decided to clean out my freezer, and I defrosted my whole freezer. And so I took all the stuff out of it, all the food out of it. It hadn't been cleaned out in like 32 years. It's been plugged in for 32 years, never turned out. So, you know, it's half ice, half, it's just big blocks of ice and because it's just melting over and the thing's not working very good now. So um, she cleaned everything out, defrosted everything, and she said, my goodness, lo and behold, back in the back, frozen beneath the ice, she found the turkey. And uh, kind of it began to defrost a little bit. She scraped the ice off of it and, and read, the, read it and discovered that the date the turkey was like 28 years old. So in America, it's called a butterball turkey. That's a company. So, so she calls the, the headquarters a butterball and says, uh, uh, can I speak to one of your, uh, you know, in-house chefs? I want to ask them a question. So she gets on the phone with the in-house chef. Uh, I have an old turkey in my freezer, 28 years old. Uh, do you think it's any good? <laughs> he goes, oh, ma'am, no, that thing won't be any good. And if, if you do cook it, it's going to taste like rubber. It'll be dry, and you have no pleasure in eating that thing. He said, I'd say just throw that thing out. Mmm. So she went and told the pastor. Uh, the pastor said, well, so what seems to be the, the situation? She said, I know what I'm supposed to do with it. She said, God told me to give it to you. See, <laughs> 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 so I lift my expectations. Mm -mm. You're blessed where you're at, but God's got more. Mm. More glory, more anointing, greater gifting, greater strength. Hallelujah. A greater witness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. See, the, you know, the man of God here has an excellent spirit. And what's on him is coming over on you. Amen. More and more. And God, see, see, when the oil comes down, Psalm 133, it comes down over the head of Aaron, runs down his beard. Maybe you need to grow a beard. Hallelujah. A little stronger on the side. Amen. It's nice to throw that right there. Amen. Amen. And the oil just runs down. And then, then it gets on the rest of the body, on the shoulders. Then it comes all over the garments. So as you bless him, the blessing comes on you. I know you understand that. But I'm saying the oil of the, of the anointing of the Holy Spirit's coming on you. And the, the Lord sometimes, he's going to make you a little bit picky. 
and there's going to be times then something's pushed in front of you and you're going to be like mm, don't want to hurt your feelings but mm, no 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 that's not the color i want that's not the whatever it might be why why the lord's working in you and he'll teach you the ways of royalty by the holy spirit he will literally teach you mm, thank you lord jesus this is what the lord wants to do can you say yes so god Hallelujah. Now, uh, one time I was at home and I was praying. I had a supernatural encounter. I was on my knees. I'd been in prayer, just worshiping the Lord out in the garage, actually, because it was real quiet, real peaceful. And I just began to worship the Lord, and then an anointing came. Now, I've taught this over the last few days. If that comes, lean into it. Right where you're at, just lean forward just a little bit, a few inches, lean forward. There you go, just like that. You, just, you lean into it, and when that anointing came to worship, I leaned into it and began to pour out praise and worship. Lord, I worship you. Jesus, I praise you. Lord, I praise you. And I heard swoosh, like a giant vacuum cleaner, a suction, swoosh. And I started going up, up, up. Hallelujah. I felt like Superman. Up, up. And I was being sucked up, and it looked like I was in some kind of a portal. And clouds, first of all, began to just blaze past me. And then it began to get into some kind of a white glory. And I was being sucked up real high. And it took, I don't know, maybe 30 seconds. And then it stopped like an elevator had gone all the way up to the top. And it just kind of popped me off on the top floor. And when it popped me off, I, my feet came down on a solid substance. And um, it felt just like, you know, a house that has a concrete subfloor. I was standing on solid substance. And I looked up and I saw the biggest thing throne I've ever seen in my life. This throne looked like it was 70 feet high. And it really, it was like a mountain. But it, I, I'm trying to describe it from my human terms. You understand, God is so glorious. He is so phenomenal that He can turn the glory up and you can't even stand up. You can't even lift your eyes up. But He can dial it down so that we can have relationship. So He had somehow pulled and scaled that glory back so that I can encounter him in this experience. But when I stood there and looked, I saw the most awesome throne. It looked like the armrests were maybe 70 feet up in the air, and the whole throne was covered with a glistening white cloud. I couldn't see who was on it, but I knew who was on it, the Heavenly Father. And this cloud was just covering this gigantic throne. I, I began to see colors of gold and orange. Remember, gold always represents divinity, represents God. And all these gold colors began to come towards me of orange and, and uh, yellow and gold. They were started swirling around me through my legs, around my neck, over my shoulders. They were dancing. They were playing. And you begin to smell the fragrances of heaven. And I uh, saw all of that. Then I took my attention back towards that massive throne. And as I looked at the throne, two of the biggest hands you've ever seen in your life came out of that cloud. The, the, hand, the arm of God came out. The hands came out. The long white robe of God all the way down to the wrist. But the hands coming out, I could see the robe. Each hand was probably three times bigger than this pulpit. Giant hands of Abba Father coming out. And grab little Stephen Brooks. This is the God that made the universe and made the planet and the oceans. He picked me up and began to pull me into that cloud. Mm, pull me into the cloud, into the white glory. And he set me on his lap. And I leaned my head against his chest. Mm, 
mm-mm. Praise him for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. I could feel the robe, that white, dense, thick, uh, uh, like soft as a swan feathers, just leaning against that lush robe of God. And I had my head against him. And then suddenly he began to play before my mind what looked like a high-resolution movie of all of the scenes of my life when things had gone wrong, when expectations had turned wrong, and disappointments of life, all what we would call natural moments of hope, natural hope, how I'd been disappointed in certain things, and these things began to go before me. I saw the time when I was a little child in elementary school when it was candy day at the school, and uh, everybody brings a bag of candy, and all the teachers bring candy. And then at the at the end, everybody, every child gets a bag. And so I ran up. I ran up. Uh, what happened when I was a child? I ran up to get my bag, and the teacher said, "Come back later. You're too early." And when I came back later, all the candy was gone. <laughs> and as a child, in uh, see, I know a lot of people think America is wealthy. If you visit New York, California, you'll get that impression. But I grew up in Mississippi, the poorest state in the nation. And we were not, as Kenneth Hagin said, just at the bottom of the barrel. We were beneath the barrel. And we were broke and poor and suffering. And uh, I, I mean, when we had peanut butter and jelly, that was prosperity night. Uh, we're living off free government cheese and free government beans. And me and my brothers were always constipated, praise the Lord. But we got through with all the free government food because we were so poor and broke. But nobody could make a living, hallelujah. That, you know, so it was very, very hard. So I saw all of those things pass before me, just all of these things going by me, going by me. And then God the Father spoke to me and said, he said, I love you. And when he said that, all of that got washed away. Any kind of shortcomings got healed. And see, I had never heard my natural father ever say, I love you. I know he did. But he was also part of that older generation where you don't show your feelings, you don't express love. And so it was more of a hard, you know, he was former military. So he had never said that. So when God said that to me, I on the inside felt like I exploded with just joy, glory and joy unspeakable. And I was ecstatic. I was so happy. And I, I felt so blessed by the Lord. And then he picked me up and sat me back outside of that cloud outside of that throne room area. Uh, people have asked me, did you see the seraphim? Did you see the cherubim? I, I didn't because I was so in, in, enthralled with God that although I'm sure they were there, I just, that wasn't on the agenda for me to experience. I was just overwhelmed with God. And I, I stood before him. I stood be, before that throne. Now, now all I see is that throne with the armrest again. And I see that cloud and I'm just in awe of who our father really is, how good he is. And then I knew he's about to give me a gift. How did I know that? The Holy Spirit. Woo! And he'll help you. He'll help you know when these visitations are about to happen. Drop what you're doing. Get ready. Get ready. Get off the phone. And I, I was on the phone one time with my wife when the Lord started coming through the wall to visit me, walking in, in a vision. I told my wife, um, I have to get off the phone. She goes, well, why? We're talking. I said, uh, I have to get off the phone right now. She goes, oh, I get it. <laughs> See, when that happens, you, ha you have to respond quickly. But I, I somehow knew that the Father had a gift for me. So I just knew. It was like the Holy Spirit who will instruct you in the way ways of royalty. I knew. Get on your knees because you're before a sovereign. You're before the great God Jehovah. 
and I got on my knees, and the hands came out of the cloud again. This time, the, the hand of God approached me very, very slowly, and the, the Father told me that he had a gift for me, and he opened up his hand real slow, and when he, of course, it's a giant hand, but there in, in his big hand was this necklace that would fit me. This is the most beautiful necklace I've ever seen. It had, it, it was made up, the, the necklace itself was made up of blue diamonds, and in the very center was a huge blue marquee diamond. And it was lit up with, with like a blue fire on the inside. So light is just bursting out of this diamond. And I said, I said, Father, I said, what is this? I said, I receive it. I, I said, I thank you for it. I said, what is this? He said, this is the diamond of hope. Get ready. Somebody's going to get some jewelry today. He said, this is the diamond of hope. He said, your hope is very pleasing to me. And he said, hope is divine expectation that what I have promised you will come to pass and you're expecting it to come pass now. So see, your, your hope has to be in the now mode. When's it happening? Now. now. When is the day? Now. Today. Today is your day. It's the now moment. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I received that from the Lord. It was put, it was put over my neck. And I, in the spirit, I still wear that today. You have to have expectancy in your mind. You may think, I don't see how. Don't get into that. Don't try to figure it out. You're not God. Let God do what he does. Your, your only job is to believe and to atta attach your, your hope to that, that it's coming and today is my day. Praise the Lord. Smith Wigglesworth from your local area of England said that every morning when he woke up, the first thing he would did he would do was jump out of bed and dance and praise God with hard, fast dancing for 14 minutes. <laughs> that well, Pastor Steve, that's just not my personality. <laughs> you need to get a new personality, hallelujah. Expand your personality. Mm. I, I don't feel like doing that. Do it anyhow. Forget the feelings. Just do it. Do it. Jesus, I receive it. I thank you. Do it. And then, then you'll get the feelings. Ooh, Lord, I like, I'm liking this. Because mm. 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 I'll tell you, it sure is fun when it shows up. Sure is fun when it shows up. Mm. Woo. I don't know why, but years back, I had a desire for a motorcycle. Um, a sport motorcycle. Maybe it's sinful for a preacher. I don't know. But, you know, the ones with the big wide tires real fast, you know. Uh, I, I just had a desire for one of those. Uh, I don't now. That's a, I, I, you know, I don't want to really endanger myself. Uh, uh, but uh, at that time I did. You know, I was married and Kelly says, hey, yeah, you can go for it. And so, but it was a faith project. But I believe God. I have faith. I'm walking in love. Hallelujah. And, uh, but I've also got expectancy. That thing's going to show up. Oh, is it going to show up? Where are you going to put it at? Oh, Lord, I, I need a spot to park it at. So I had a business, so I, I marked off a spot, uh, uh, and I taped it out right by the door of my business. And I, I just taped off this area, and I just said, this is where I'm going to park it, right here. Don't have the money for it. Don't know how I'm going to get it, but God's going to bless me. And when I get it, it's going right there. Then I just began to say, Lord, I believe I've got it. I'm going to praise you for it, and I'm expecting that something's going to happen, and I'm going to get a call or some money or something. And you know what I did within just a few days? And went down and paid cash for it. 
got the kind I, I wanted and uh, parked it right where I said I was going to. And people are walking by business and see that there. Oh, that's a nice bike. Well, it must be fast. Yes, real fast. And, uh, and, you know, drove it for a while. And then, you know, then that just kind of lifted. I'm done with the motorcycle thing, praise the Lord. But I, I'm, I'm saying you have to have expectancy. You have to believe that it's going to happen and that you're in that now mode for it to pop up. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Well, just lift your hands to the Lord for a moment. Just say, Jesus, I believe I receive. Oh, thank you, Lord. Mm. Mm, something's going to happen. A lot of upgrades are going to happen. You need to make the Lord happy and you need to frustrate the devil. The devil doesn't want you to, he doesn't even want to see you acting like a king. He wants to see you acting like some kind of a, you know, struggling, struggling person. But I see those days are just falling off of you and you're walking into the newness that Jesus has for you. You're walking into the fullness of your inheritance. Well, let me tell you right now, the devil don't want any tongue-talking Pentecostal believer to be blessed. He wants, he, he especially doesn't want you, but we're not going to pay any attention to him. We're going to walk into the blessing and receive. Can you say Amen. I have a prophet uh, friend of mine from Canada, a very anointed prophet, and uh, he told me that he was believing God for a, a real nice vehicle, and God suddenly blessed him with the money because his expectancy was there, and he said, I went down to the Lincoln dealer. He said, where's your most expensive vehicle on the whole lot? They said, that one right, right over there, that black Lincoln Navigator. He said, I'll take it right now, and he bought it, and he drove it off, and he said when he drove it off, he looked in the rearview mirror, and he's driving it off the, the, the parking lot of the dealership, and he's already paid for it. He looks in the rearview mirror, and he's driving it off. He sees a, a, a principality, an evil principality, an evil spirit standing there so frustrated and mad that a preacher got a nice vehicle. <laughs> it made that evil spirit so mad that a preacher, a prophet, watch out, a prophet, Got a beautiful vehicle, praise the Lord. Mm. I just elbow gently the person next to you, say something, something's gonna happen. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm. Something's gonna happen to you. Now, Pastor Stephen, you need to be you need to be more spiritual and talk about the things of God. I am talking about the things of God. Hallelujah. You want to talk about the mysteries, the miracles, the things of God? Praise the Lord. You know, I was, uh, I was in India. Uh, I've been in Mind uh, India multiple times to minister. How many of you have heard of the, the prophet? They called him the prophet from the east, Dr. D.G.S. Dinakaran. He's in heaven now. Raise your hand. See, some of you are familiar with him. Maybe you're familiar with a great tragedy that befell his family when he was driving in a vehicle. His daughter was in the front passenger seat, Dr. Dinakaran was driving. Now remember, this is a prophet known all over the world. This is, this is the prophet that, that Benny Hinn was just like, your stories just are amazing. I mean, you're going to heaven, you've met the Apostle Peter, you've talked to Elijah, you've met Enoch. I mean, you, you, this man had a tremendous anointing. Now, um, he had something happen to him, though, that was very sad, and it didn't have to happen. He was driving in this little car, and another vehicle came at tremendous speed and hit his car. It instantly killed this beautiful daughter. She's 18 years old, total uh, gorgeous young girl, anointed, called of God. She was instantly killed. He suffered all kinds of injuries. His other family members were in the vehicle. They suffered injuries, broken bones, and just, I mean, the enemy is trying to take out the whole family. Well, 
Dr. Dennis Karen's heartbroken, laying in the hospital, in the bed, you know, broken bones. Uh, they didn't even want to tell him his, his daughter didn't make it, uh, but he's, he's just devastated. And like anybody in his sense, he said, Lord, why? Why did this happen? How did the enemy get in to do this to me? And the Lord said, I told you, I warned you three times, and you did not obey me. He said, I told you to get a Mercedes Benz because it has a steel frame that goes around the whole car. And I knew the enemy was going to launch an attack on your life. And if you were obeyed me, your family would have been spared. Mm. I was in India preaching uh, and doing television for Brother Sadhu Silveredge. And uh, arrived the first time, and he has his chauffeur pick me up in this beautiful, long, white Mercedes Benz. And so he picks me up and takes me to the hotel. I, I was kind of, I have to admit, I was kind of enjoying it. All the Indian people thought I was a Bollywood actor. They thought, ooh, look at him. Mm -hmm. I get out of that big Mercedes and walk into the, I try to, you know, get a little extra stride. Mm. And, uh, you know, just enjoying the moment. Uh, I wasn't doing anything for Bollywood, but uh, that's, they all thought I was a Bollywood actor. You know, that's kind of their version of Hollywood, as we would say. Uh, but I was there just to do television recordings at his studio. And I said, Brother Sadhu, what a beautiful car God's blessed you with. And he said, yes. He said, I had an interesting situation. He said, the Lord told me to get a Mercedes Benz. How many of you don't want to make Jesus upset? You, you can do some unusual things to make Jesus upset. He said, the Lord told me to get a Mercedes Benz. And he said, Lord, I, I'm a humble preacher. I don't want to be seen wasting your money. I don't want to be viewed by people as, let me tell you this, you never have to apologize for what Dr. Jesus tells you to do. He said, I, did, I didn't want to be viewed by my members as maybe somehow they're thinking I'm taking ministry money and going over here and living some kind of a luxury life or something like that. And he said, I put it off. And he said, I put it off. And then the Lord spoke to me. He said, you're making the same mistake as Dr. DGS did. You're making the same mistake he made. He said, Lord, I'm going to get that car today. <laughs> now, the Lord told him, ask, ask this partner of yours to pay for it. Now, this was one of his ministry partners, a prosperous man who has a, a, business, involved, uh, a business career involved in uh, industry and building uh, you know, facilities and things like that. The Lord says, ask him. He'll pay for it. And Brother, Brother Sadhu told, he admitted to me, he said, Brother Stephen, Jesus told me to ask him, but I, I just, I, he said, I just couldn't ask. I, he said, I could, but he said, I, I said, Brother, can I borrow the money to buy a Mercedes? And he was ready for the backlash. So he didn't even ask for the money. He just said, he said, Brother, can I borrow the money? The Lord wants me to have a Mercedes. Can, can I borrow the money? Mm. And the man said, let me pray about it. And he came back a few days later, and he said, he said, Brother Sadhu, the Lord uh, told me concerning you borrowing, borrowing the money, you want the money. The Lord said, no. He said, I'm not to lend it to you. He said, I'm supposed to give it to you outright. I'll buy you, the, I'll just buy it for you. He said, what do you want? Take cash for it. Amen. Praise the Lord. And of course, you know, if you're buying it in India, they're going to hike the price up three times of what you could get it in for Germany or in, in Europ. So it takes, it just takes extra 
And, uh, but to have a, have a breakthrough miracle like that, let me tell you, it speaks something, especially in India when you drive around and uh, so many people are, are struggling. Uh, it's just, it speaks a great testimony of the goodness of God. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. I see, I see something amazing happening in your life. Praise God. I see the Lord lifting your expectations. Mm. I think the enemy would have us eat crumbs. Mm. See, I grew up in church in rural Mississippi, the poorest state in the nation. And I grew up in church, and our pastor, his name was Pastor Rich. That's right, R-I-C-H, Pastor Rich. And he would rail from the pulpit, God wants you to be poor. And the poorer we are, the holier we are. And we all said, yes, amen. And we kept him poor. Boy, we kept him broke. Mm, pants about wore out, about split in half in the back. Pants, all, shoes all wore out. He looked messed up. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. Preached so hard. They sweat when he was preaching. Mm. Well, boy, his name was Pastor Rich, but probably the poorest preacher you ever met in your life. Mm. And he'd preach, God doesn't want you to have none of this world's goods. And he would just, he'd let, he'd let it loose. And we all suffered. Oh, then he'd really get on that tithing thing. That tithing is under the Old Testament law. God don't want you tithing no more. Make sure you don't tithe. Well, we didn't. He was broke. <laughs> Working three jobs, trying to survive. You passed the offering basket, just like nickels and pennies and goofy stuff like that. Ooh, he, he, he's like taking a gun and shooting himself in the foot. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm. As you lift the Lord's kingdom agenda up, he's going to lift you up. Amen. He's going to lift you up. Oh, Lord, we give you praise today. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, the humility. I think, I think some people in the church have muddied the waters, and it's left a bad taste in the mouth of many believers because maybe they saw something abused, and maybe they saw uh, something that was uh, maybe taken too far. But let me tell you what, there's always a core thrust. There's always a core truth. Mm. There was one Scandinavian country that was open to a move of God. This is a true story. That when, when Rama there in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, was in revival back in the 80s, and God was moving in, in the word of faith revelation that God wants you uh, healthy and God wants your needs met and and that revelation began to touch people and God was blessing God was on that that anointing on that movement on that message um, there were some people I believe they were in Norway they they were told in a prayer meeting as prophets spoke there's a move of God in America and you must go to America to receive the anointing and bring it back it was a Scandinavian country bring it back to this country so they pulled together their best leaders and they sent them to New York. They got to New York, and they didn't know where the revival was at. They'd only heard there's revival in America. They got to New York, and they asked somebody at the airport, where's the revival at? Oh, they said, oh, it's in, it's in Oklahoma. They're in a broken era. Uh, it's at Ramah. God's doing a, a move of his spirit there. You know, it took Oral Roberts years just to break through with the message, God is a good God. He would have pastors, Pentecostal pastors, come up after the service and rebuke him for saying God is a good God. 
How many of you know we've, we've moved? See, we're following the anointing. We're following the waves of the Spirit. We got the revelation. Well, let's, catch, let's move on. Catch this revelation. Move on. Move with the Spirit. Can you say yes? yes. So they, they, uh, they, go to, they go to Ramah. They see God moving. They see the joy, the laughter. They see the revelation, the word that's being taught. And they said, this is what our country needs. And they said, we want, we want you to send, uh, Brother Hagin, we want you to send your best leaders, two of your best leaders, send them from Oklahoma, bring them back to Norway, bring them back to our country. It's either Norway or Finland. Bring them back to our country and let them minister to our large, largest church in the nation. And we'll all receive. We'll all receive. Well, they sent two of their ministers, and they got there. And when they got there, the leaders of the whole church of the nation rejected the ministers because they said their shoes are too shiny. And they missed the entire move of God. They rejected it. They said, we can't receive it. They shouldn't be wearing them shiny shoes. Therefore, they must not be of God. We reject the whole thing. And they missed the whole move of God. Mm. And then they struggle, and then, you know, the church begins to die out, and then they can't, they can't figure out why. Because well, you missed your ride. Mmm, Jesus. Mmm. True story. Just say, I'm not missing anything God has for me. Mmm. Mm. Please stand up. It's time to get some jewelry. You know, you know, Kenneth Copeland... Brother Copeland gave his father a Rolex, and time went by. He noticed his dad wasn't wearing it, uh, so he, in a very respectful way, said, Dad, um, where, where's the Rolex I gave you? He said, Son, I'm too ashamed to wear that out in public. He said, Oh, that hurt him. Mm. He said, Well, aren't you concerned about what I think, what, how I feel, how my feelings are? Mm, thank you, Jesus. There's an old man in Moravian Falls. I won't tell you his name. I talked with him one time, and he told me what had really happened in his life. I said, um, I said, why are you doing what you're doing? He said, well, Brother Stephen, he said, um, he said I, I was best friends with Paul Cain. How many of you heard of Paul Cain? Uh, greatly use of God in the 50s healing revival with Will, William Branham. If William Branham couldn't get to a meeting, he would send Paul Cain. Paul Cain at that time was a young man. He just passed away just recently. He said, I was best friends with Paul Cain. And Paul Cain one day stopped and looked at me and said, you're supposed to be doing the same thing I'm doing. And, uh, but this man never stepped into it. I said, why'd you never step into it? He said, well, I, he said, I saw the way they treated Paul Cain. I didn't want anything to do with that. All the persecution. I saw how they treated Branham. I didn't want anything to do with that. And so he said, I pulled back. And I said, I said so you didn't step into it? He said, no. He said, I'm going to tell you this. He said, I had Jesus come to me in a vision. I said, what did he say to you? Jesus, he said, Jesus said to me, I'm offering you the ministry office of the prophet. It's my will for you to step into it. Do you want it? And he said, I dropped my head and said, no. I said, you told the Lord no? He said, yeah. Now, he's an old man now. This is why you never, I wouldn't even say his name, it wouldn't matter. You never heard of him. I said, what did the Lord say when you did that? 
He said, he looked at me. He said, are you telling me you don't want my gift? He said, that's true, Lord. That's correct. He said, the look of disappointment on the Lord's face still haunts him today. But he just, he wouldn't, he wouldn't take it. I, I'm trying to tell you God's got promotion and elevation for you. Maybe you think I'm not worthy. Uh, you're not worthy. Maybe you think, oh, that's too high for me. I used to think God could never call me in the ministry. What's wrong? I didn't have a kingly anointing mentality. I used to think, oh, God, no, 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 maybe somebody else. Then God was like, hey, I'm trying to get a hold of you, trying to get your attention. I'd sit in the meeting full of people, sit on the back, and the preacher would stop and say, well, we all know that Brother Brooks back there is called by God into the ministry. They all whole church turn around and look at me, and I think I am. But um, I'm telling you, God's got places for you to walk in maybe you've never even dreamed about. God has you destined to make an impact. Praise the Lord. And you're blessed where you're at, but you're going higher. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm. What I'm trying to say is not greed. Yes, some take it into greed. But we're going to cling to the cross while we walk with the Lord, while He lifts us up. We're going we're to stay at the foot of the cross. But I'm here to tell you today that God's got great blessing for many of you to step into. All of you, actually. But we each have different individual paths. You're going to follow that. You're going to walk into a new dimension of the garden of God, of the blessing of God for your life. Mm -hmm. Cars and stuff, that's just, that's, the, that's just the beginning stuff. God goes way beyond that. He, he allows you to make an impact. He gives you authority. He gives you a voice. Mm, that's what he's going to do. Just lift your hands to the Lord for a moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus, teach me the ways of royalty. Let your kingly anointing come upon me today in this anointing, in this meeting. Let me be touched with the kingly anointing. Oh, Jesus, we praise you. I went to a meeting one time, and um, the conference host told me, he said, Pastor Stephen, we're going to stay in this one hotel. I said, Brother, um, are you sure that hotel's okay? Oh, Brother Stephen, it's anointed. I said, well, that's nice, but are you sure it's okay that we stay there? I'm a little concerned about the area. He goes, no, it'll be okay. So we stayed there, and, and I, I had to pray the whole time. It was, it was not, a, not a safe spot. Not the, see, I'll go anywhere if the Lord wants me to go, but I'm also not going to endanger my life foolishly. Well, we checked out of the hotel, and, and we quickly left after the meetings were all done. When he checked out and walked in, across the parking lot there at the hotel to go to his car, a full-blown gang warfare broke out. And he's walking right in the middle of it. Bullets flying by him. One gang, gang on this side and one on this side. They're trying to kill each other. And he's right in the middle of it. He's like, oh, Brother Stephen was right. This really is a dangerous area. I don't, we'll not do any more meetings here in this area. <laughs> now, sometimes you're in places like that for a purpose. God will make you bulletproof. Because I've had, I've had cars pass right through me before. Well, the enemy would try to take me out. But when you're walking with the Lord, there is an area of your life where you truly are invincible. But you don't want to abuse that or ever tempt that. Oh, Jesus, we praise you. Again, lift your hands to the Lord. Mm. There's a, I see a purple mantle over this meeting today that's going to come on you. It's a, it's a mantle of royalty. 
and the Holy Spirit is going to catch you in those moments. I'm not going to say you're going to have them, but if you have, would have a moment where you're starting to get out of character, he's going to say, don't act like that. You're not supposed to act like that. Now compose, compose. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's worship the Lord with a song of worship. As we do, that anointing is going to come down. Thank you for the anointing of kingship, O oh God. Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is a teaching God. He's going to be unveiling the revelation of kingship anointing to your people. Lift your hands. Father, let the royal anointing come upon your people. Now, receive in the name of the Lord Jesus. Purple mantle of royalty coming on you now. Hallelujah. I see, I see heavenly jewelry and garments coming down from heaven right now. Heavenly items befalling. Somebody's getting a, like a treasure chest that's being given to you. Others are receiving certain types of ornamental jewelry, gifts and graces from God. Even as the prodigal son had the ring put on his finger, some of you are, are receiving gifts being given to you right now by the Holy Spirit. The, the, the prophet, the man of God that gave the testimony. My brother, I'm sorry, your first name again. Richard. Richard, I saw the Lord put a, a, a bishop's staff in your hand. The bishop's nook, hallelujah. And I see that you are a shepherd. The Lord shows me you're a shepherd over many souls and uh, over many ministers. And God's going to expand the, the ministerial flock under your leadership, and I see a great authority coming out of your voice that people would just be healed. You won't even have time to lay hands on people. You just say, be healed, and they'll receive it. And I see the shepherds, the nook and the staff in your hand. I see nations being given to you, governmental authority being placed upon your shoulders today as I see that staff in your hand to the glory of the Lord. Others, you're receiving gifts right now. You're receiving gifts right now. Take it. Take it. Receive in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Say, the Lord is good. One more time, let's sing that song to him. One more time. Now, just blessing. Lord, we praise you. We thank you that every good and perfect gift comes down from you. Oh, God, we bless you today. Please have your seat in the presence of the Lord. Jesus, you're so good. You know, Prophet Sadu told me that right after that man sowed the seed to pay off that car, to purchase the car, the Lord turned right around and gave him a contract that completely refilled the money that he had just sent out. Hallelujah. You could say the Lord paid for the car because in a sense he did. Mm. Let us never be like King Saul who feared the people and behaved according to how the people re would respond but would not obey the word of the Lord that came through the prophet Samuel. Samuel said, kill King Ag uh, Agag and just wipe out the whole group, and he didn't do it. And when Saul died, it was, a, it was one of those Amalekites that stuck him with the sword. The very thing that he did not do was the thing that was his befalling at the end. Praise the Lord. Jesus, we thank you today. Let's receive an offering today. Hallelujah. Um, how many of you have heard the song like I have so many times? It was real popular back in the 1990s. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. 
my brother, do you know that song? This is the day the Lord has made. Well, how does that go? How's that? How does that go on the keyboard? How does it go? Yeah. They, this is the day the Lord has made. Sing it just for a moment. Stay right there and hold that song. Do you love that song? Yes. Where's that at in the Bible? Psalm 118, verse 24. We sing to that one, don't we? And we're going to in just a minute. Have you ever sung to the verse right after that one? Have you ever sung and danced to that one? Can I read it to you? Ooh. Mm. Are you, happy, are you happy in the house of God today? Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And so the, the psalms are songs we sing and dance, right? Did you ever sing and dance the verse 25 right after that? Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Oh, now we can't sing to that one. Well, you can sing to the first one. Why not that one? Oh, Lord, send now prosperity. You can just make it up, sing it however you want. Would you be bold enough and brave enough to dance to that? Because mm, we dance to verse 24. Can you dance to verse 25? Amen. Now, watch this. Watch this. This is what it does not say. Oh, Lord, send prosperity now. It does not say that. It says something very unusual in the English language as it moves over from the Hebrew. It doesn't say sin, prosperity, right now. Lord, I need some money right now. That's not what it says. It actually says sin, now prosperity. What is now prosperity? It's a package deal that God moves you into where you're always in prosperity. Because if you're in the now, you're in the moment. And you, you're never in a lack mode. You're always in a now prosperity mode. Woo! You know what I'm believing for you as you give today? That you stay in now prosperity for the rest of your life. That your ministry never has a day of lack. And that you never know the taste of lack or insufficiency ever again. Ever. Amen. And I'll tell you this. I prophesy this to you. If you'll sing and dance to verse 25 and verse 24, you'll never know lack another day in your life. Amen. Mm -mm. But you got, now watch this. I believe I'm amongst some Pentecostals. I'm amongst some people with some African roots that know how to get loose and praise the Lord. Amen. So you got to be brave to dance to verse 25. Okay. I don't even know how it goes, but we'll try to figure it out. But I believe you have to be bold and brave because a lot of the church lets you sing verse 24, but they, the devil don't want you to sing verse 25. <laughs> All right, now get your giving ready. We're going to dance and sing in just a moment. Get your giving ready. How many of you, you sent some kind of something came on you from heaven? What happened to you? Yes.
question to you. Yes. And when I saw myself um, being led down a, a, it was like an inauguration kind of thing. I'm walking on a carpet. Yes. And then the Lord spoke and said, now begin to reign. Mm -hmm. And then I said, the name of our Lord. And then he said, things don't lack. And so I was walking down with that um, scripture in my hand. You got it. So in your career field, rule and reign in that area, Lord lift you to the top. What happened? I Amen. You've been off the whole time, haven't you? You've been in the golden glory the whole time. The Lord bless you. Oh, you smell yes, fragrance again. You've, you've been wrapped in a fragrance the whole time. It just started swirling as soon as we started talking. What happened? Um, I went and I saw, I was in the altar mm. and I saw how to build churches and it was like a white and golden book. Mm. And then I came towards it and I was making declaration what peace was mine. Mm. And then I saw a purple robe and then I saw like a gold mantle being handed to me. And yes. Then, you know, and then Amen. Lord, we just thank you. Receive. Okay. Who you sense, you sense a writing anointing. You want to write. Lift your hand. I want to pray for you. Stand up. Want a writing anointing. This is a grace God's put on my life so I can release this to you. Okay. You sense you have something to write? Every prophet needs to be standing. God will give you something to write. Every prophet, please stand. Because you've got something on me. I know you do. I know you do. Okay. Don't worry about a publisher or anything like that. God will hook you up. He'll, that's the easy part. Okay. Heavenly Father, everybody's standing. Lord, desiring the, the silver pen, the writer's anointing. Let an angel be released and assigned to them right now to help them write. Father, I, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would come and structure their life where they have the time to write and they have a place to write. And Father, give them that little escape, that little retreat where they can go. And Father, bless them to be able to knock out chapter one over the next 30 days. They will at least get chapter one because I know if they do that, they will be up and running and they'll complete the manuscript and complete the book. So Father, I just release this grace over your writers. Now receive in the name of Jesus. Take it and take it and put it to use. God bless you. Please take your seat. Amen. There's going to be some books next time. Hallelujah. Uh, brother, you got a book to write. You've got a book to write. So, Lord, I just bless that. I know many are standing. I just released that anointing for that book to pop out. Hallelujah. Blessed and anointed. Thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise today. Are you ready to sow your seed? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's stand up. Mm. Lord, we give you praise. Woo! There's just a lot of things still coming down from heaven right now. There's a lot of things still coming down. Lord, we bless you. Just there's a lot going on in the spirit. That's why I'm not, not sure which. It's like a buffet in here. I'm not sure which direction to go, but I'm having fun with the Lord. Lord, we just give you praise. Hold your giving up to the Lord. Say, Lord Jesus, my expectations are high. Lord Jesus, you're a good God. You said in Psalm 84 that you withhold no good gift from those that love you and serve you. So, Lord, that means me. Now, hold it to the Lord. Father, with these seeds that are being sown, these gifts of love, Father, I just pray that you bring back a harvest even as Father Jesus said, the 30, 60, 100 fold, 
I pray that they all hit the 100-fold, which is your very best for their life, and that you would bring back into their lives those things that they most need. And I, I'm seeing finished books all over this room from the writers. I see that the book's going to be written and printed and published. Your covers are going to be so beautiful. And not only that, the main thing is God's going to give them circulation. God's going to give your books circulation in the name of Jesus, and there will be an audience. You, you may, some of you may think, well, no, no, trust me, there's going to be an audience. It's a big planet of over 7 billion people. So, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Bless these seeds, and, Father, we're going to dance and praise you because we believe that you are sending now prosperity. In the name of Jesus, shout and say amen. Praise God. All right. Let's get some ushers up to the front. Let's bring it up to the front. Come on and bring it up. You can dance it up if you like. Yeah. 